Sup? Welcome to Bro Clip. I'm Chad. I'm here with my dogs, Johnny Two Jays, Andy the Panty Dropper Kinnick. And this week, we killed a pack of Natty Light, cut class, and played trying. Welcome to No Clip. I'm Chad Rutherman. I'm JJ Artemis. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today we're going to be joined by a special guest, uh, Daniel Otten. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> That's about all he'll say. Um, today we're going to be talking about Trine, uh, which is a game that was developed by Frozen Bite and published by, N- we're going with Novelist? Novelist. Novelist. And uh, it was released in 2009 on uh, like the consoles of the time, so PC, PlayStation 3, I think it was on Xbox 360? I can look that up. It was not at all. <laughs> <laughs> the quality of the research that goes into this. I know. Astounding. <laughs> um, but it's a it's a basically a very traditional platformer, which uh, in like terms of gameplay, which is something that we actually have not had an episode on. Weirdly. Well, possibly because JJ hates platformers. Exactly. I do. Because he's mad at video games. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, platformers are, like, when a lot of people think about video games, platformers tend to come to mind. Like, if you, if you don't immediately think of Space Invaders, like, Super Mario Brothers is what your brain is going to go to. And so, when you judge a platformer, and when you examine a platformer, you're always kind of going into that, like, history of games, where it's this very basic, like, 2D walk-jump kind of thing. Uh, it's kind of very mobility-based, and I think that's... It's very well-trodden. Yeah. Which means that, since you're, if you're going to make a 2D platformer in this day and age, you have to differentiate yourself a whole lot from the totality of the history that comes before it, because you have had so many platformers that have gotten, like, the base mechanics and the feel of just, like, jumping and moving in that 2D space so exactly that you're not going to make a breakthrough on that line. Yeah. It's really, and it's, it's really difficult to, like... It's one of those things where it's such a well-defined genre of game that when you play something that is a bad platformer, it's immediately apparent. Like, you know, like, if you pick up a game and, like, go to walk from this area and jump to this platform and you're like that felt weird you're probably playing a game that you just aren't going to enjoy or you're playing Kingdom Hearts that well yeah (laughs) not a platform (laughs) so that's good so all that being said I think like bringing something new to the genre is precisely why this game is well regarded and I think it actually it definitely succeeds in sort of redefining the platformer in some way yeah, uh, yeah. That's this game's primary gimmick is basically what like causes it to have any relevant level of success. So, and also, I think the art style contributes a little bit. So the game also looks beautiful. Well, as you're the and more, uh, I guess, aesthetically charged member, because I, I cannot even remotely disagree with you anymore. 
from really? that point. I think this game looks like hot trash. What? But really? Wait, are you serious? Oh yeah, I hate how this, this game, game looks. looks great. It's like the aesthetic, like exactly now. Have you the, like story? Have book. you read any reviews of this game? No. no. Uh, all of them are like, this game looks fucking beautiful. And clearly, your opinion <laughs> has to match these people exactly. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just bringing it up, JJ. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I'm just probably going to upset a lot of uh, people in this room. Yeah. During I, this podcast. Go ahead and. Uh, like, give your argument for why you think it looks Well, good. really quickly, I was just going to uh, say that the game, it's like what the game is, but I guess we just want to go into that. That's fine. Because, oh, uh, yeah, because what? The game uses what is, in my opinion, just like a very stock cartoon fantasy, like, pool to draw from. So you have, like, Wizard with a big floppy hat. Knight in, like, comically huge knight armor. Yeah, fat knight. Fat knight in comically huge knight armor. And, like, your roguish type who wears, like, a veil and a thing over her head and a cloak. And he's a great Basically. And I don't even think that the game does a good job of, like, letting your characters, like, stand out on the background. It all just sort of blends together. Not, like, in a way that makes it impossible to tell where you are or anything, but, like, I don't feel like you look significantly different from your surroundings to get, like, a good grasp of, like, a centralized point. Which could be an aesthetic choice because the game centers around having multiple characters on the screen when you play it multiplayer, and so you don't want to focus on an individual person, but... I think it just ends up looking kind of bland, Man. and it just looks like somebody throwing. Cut. It looks like Hearthstone. It sounds like I, it sounds like you're criticizing the aesthetic and not the, the quality of the visuals. Well, I think that's what I was the, arguing the char- against originally. Okay, because the characters looking like archetypes, like you could at least make an argument fits exactly with what they're going for with this game. Is sort of like Canterbury Tales, classic fairy tale feel. Sure, but I mean. Like, we, we, I, I disagree think... with you so much that I don't even know how to debate you. It's like the fact, that, <laughs> the like... fact that the characters invoke like sort of the archetype of whatever character they are, I think, from the minds of the developer, is a success. Right. Well, it does that for you. Well, I mean, it kind of makes sense. I mean, go ahead. Well, if I was interpreting what you said before correctly, I think there actually was a gameplay criticism there too, which is that your characters that you play as don't sufficiently stick out from the background of the environment, which is which a precision platformer specific problem. I sure. I'm just trying to specify that he's not necessarily just making aesthetic criticisms. Right. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking like, generally about art design. The wizard the wears like bright, shiny blue. The rogue wears white. And the art, but I mean, the knight wears shiny armor. They all stand out on the background. See, I have to, do, well, especially not the rogue because she's got. She's like, wearing white. She stands out the most. Well, <laughs> uh, look at like look at where your like where like the settings of these levels generally take place. They're levels in like caves with gemstones built into the background. Right. There's underwater segments where everything gets murky. There's that's like the point. outdoor settings where there's like a forest on a skyline with there's just a lot going on aesthetically and it's on a 2D plane that's shot from a camera angle that's so pulled back that only when you're playing with with multiple people. Oh right, yeah. When you're a single player it makes a lot more which is yeah, no yeah. this is something I want to get into much later, uh because I do have an agenda for this game. <laughs> uh but uh but yeah the playing single player makes the feel of this game completely different. But so you I, think I, that the level of detail is like a little too high in some of the environments? 
in the in the background design, especially for yeah. a platformer, I I would say yeah. yes. See, I think that's one of my favorite things about the game is the backgrounds. <laughs> I think the the merit of of that, although this doesn't really refute your argument, um, is that that level of detail sort of helps relieve the monotony of playing like a two D side scrolling game where there's not a lot of things yeah. to interact with. It's, the it's part of their gimmick. My thoughts, and it comes back to what is arguably like an unfair judgment to make on all platformers is that i call back to that history where you basically say like if you're starting from a 2d platformer you basically have to be starting from mario Mm -hmm. and if you look at mario itself it's arguably one of the most like flawlessly designed games of all time like you're looking at a character who is like who contrasts with the bright blue background and, like, everything you can interact with is a completely separate color from the things around it. And Trine is the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Everything feels a little bit darker. Everything feels a little bit more cluttered and a little bit closer together. And it makes it just, like... I mean, I don't think like I don't think that it caused too much of an issue while playing. Right. I just wasn't, like... I didn't walk away the from focus... it with, like, a brilliant picture in my mind. The I focus... do agree that there were some times... Uh, when like the level of detail in the environment got in the way of gameplay, and the more that I, since I was just now looking at screenshots uh, to, to make sure that I had like the, the clear visual image in my mind, since we're arguing about you know visual design here, the more I'm actually coming to agree with you. There is tons of color, tons of details. Things at time almost reflect sort of a watercolor painting, right. and that means that things blend a lot, specifically with shadows and the way that all the other like different color gradients in the environment interact with each other. But yeah, I think that like the platforms and the things you can interact with for the most part stand out against that though. I'll give you should. with some exceptions. Yeah. Right. To, absolutely to your credit, uh, the probably arguably in fact, no. Inarguably, the most important thing to see in the game are the platforms. The wizard's box. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, definitely is, easy like, to is see. always very clear as to where that is, like and relative like, on the map. The focus between, like, the difference between this and like Mario is Mario is more about like momentum and like the pure platforming of it all. Right. Whereas like Trine is slower, and it's about the puzzle solving and the the co op. Right. If the, you're playing it with multiple people. Yeah. This be especially because of the wizard character. This game focuses a lot more on like sort of a more methodical, like, puzzly way of getting mm-hmm. through things, which gives two benefits, one of which is that you can, like, you can take your time and figure out where everything right. relative and is. And when you're taking your time, it's nice that you have a nice, beautiful background okay. to look at. <laughs> that was going to be my yeah. say. And the second thing is that you can actually, like, really absorb, like, what is all in front of you. And, like, even right. if you're staring at the same screen so, yeah. for a long time, like, it's if, still aesthetically interesting. If they made, like, a Mario game with this much detail in the backgrounds, that would be a problem. Right, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Trying to be, like, a visual treat is very much something this game is going for. Right. And then, obviously, I have a bias because I think that, like, the fantasy aesthetic is just boring in general. So, that's... <laughs> like, I'm not going to factor that into my criticism, but, like... Ugh. Even right. in, like, the idea of it servicing the story of the game, like, there's definitely an argument to be one in saying that the story of this game is complete hogwash and basically is irrelevant. <laughs> uh, 
It, depending on which angle you want to look at it from, sure. Yeah, but the story, know, the, the story can be completely thrown in the garbage. The, the story to me is like, it's like Albert Einstein's last words. The game told me the story, and then I just didn't understand it. <laughs> also, uh, I don't think we've actually said this yet. Uh, uh, the three of us, of the main no-clip cast members, uh, excluding Dan, wow, because okay. we didn't want him around at all, you know. That's true. Uh, Played through this Thanks together, for me. all at the, <laughs> the same first time. Fifteen minutes, <laughs> co-op uh, with each uh, as exclusive character, so you understand where we're coming from here. Uh, I was the wizard. Uh, Chad was the knight, and Andy was the thief. But in reality, uh, JJ was the wizard, and Andy and I played the joint role of going JJ. JJ Box here! JJ here! <laughs> JJ Box! Here. JJ here. Box. <laughs> yeah, and then also, I've played through trying to in its entirety with Dan. Yep. And, and I was the true, the one true wizard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he played the game the way you're not supposed to, and he tried to solve all the problems with just the wizard <laughs> and not ever switch. This game makes that way more possible than no, most games that I'm just, I'm sort just of teasing, mechanic. but. Um, uh, yeah, I would switch between the knight and the thief when we would so, play. So, I don't know if this is like a relevant time to ask this question, so maybe I'll pose it and we could do it later if you want. Mm-hmm. Sure. Or not at all if you don't want. Do you think this game works better as a solo experience or as a multiplayer experience? Oh, I think that this game... Well, <laughs> we can actually go into this right now if we want. Uh, yeah, unless sure. you want to talk deeper on the mechanics first. No. Because that's... I mean, it's interesting both ways. We can always get back to it. and But, again, I have never played this game single player, so... Right. I played it single player really briefly, and I've also played it two player other than the time that I got really drunk and was <laughs> incapable of doing anything. Yep. Oh, yeah. We, we, yeah, we played I've heard, it. I've heard. Yeah, yeah Chad and I played it drunk once, and he, like. He was the wizard. Even, right? e- yeah, even more so could not distinguish things from the background. Yeah. And then it was like, I would be like, we gotta go here, and he's like, what are you even looking at? <laughs> <laughs> Like, jump on this platform. He's like, oh, I can't see anything. <laughs> like, you know, I would jump off the left side of the screen to certain death. Like, it was not. But yeah, it was, don't play try and drunk. Yeah. But, um. This is a really unimportant point, so I'm going to make it now. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that the, the, we talked about, mentioned the story sort of being irrelevant. Right. The way that the story is constructed in this game it doesn't make any sense that multiplayer is even an option. Right. Because the trine is supposed to make it so that only one of the three characters can exist in the physical world at the same time. Oh. And then multiplayer just throws that right out the window. <laughs> and the tr- the game, I mean, that's like the game's central, like, story object. I, I feel like, I don't know how this game was, like, the marketed. whole object is to, like, make it so they can all exist again. Right. Oh, That's I the point of the story. They said that they... I remember it mentioned multiple times that they were bound together. I just assumed that was, like, more vague and that no, they just, yeah. like, had to be around yeah. each other. That the was the time. narrative <laughs> explanation of why you could only... Like, why you could cycle through different um, characters. But when you're playing multiplayer, it's just, like, a Dungeons & Dragons group. How yeah. do they ever <laughs> talk to each other? I think it's, like, an inside character. <laughs> it's like a genie in the bottle thing. That's yeah. what it's like. Yeah. Like Martian Manhunter, Mind Link. Okay. I don't know about that, considering they occupy the same physical form. Yeah, so it's closer to, like, man, I don't know a non-completely obscure <laughs> <laughs> example of this. I'm like, a uh, member of the Brotherhood of Data, probably not going to land with a lot of people. Or us. Oh, the yeah. important people it yeah. needs to land with to have relevance. <laughs> Sounds incredibly yeah. stupid. Yeah. But anyway. Like a crazy person, basically. 
<laughs> voices anyway, in their head. I've played the game single player, two player, and three player. Right. And it's definitely the best with three people. Right. I do know that I think most critics disagree with that. Really? Yeah. Uh, Which surprised me, too. The game is significantly harder. It takes a lot longer with one person. I imagine that's probably what the point was. They think the challenge of getting multiple characters through the puzzles makes it more difficult. Man, I had a way different experience than most critics. Maybe they didn't think of the ingenious tactic of get the rogue and one other character to one side and then switch places with the other character and then get the rogue back up there. Yes. I, I, I agree with you. I think that the multiplayer is definitely yeah. the best way to play. Because there's so few games now that let you play through a game in co-op that like I think that's one of the things that really draws me to this game. Is like I'm, I just want to play a game with one of my friends yep. and like actually play through a campaign together. I don't think I ever would have played it otherwise. Yeah. Me too. Well, actually, well, obviously, frankly, we forced you to yeah. play this game. Okay, okay. JJ went kicking and screaming. I am here on this podcast to have new experiences, <laughs> to, you know, understand and force myself to spread my boundaries into game genres that I may hate a lot and never play. Right. So, you know, I was completely open to playing Trine and also completely open to thinking that it was... So blasphemous that you got to play as the wizard. It is? <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I wanted to play as the wizard, but my controller... The Steam controller has, like, that slide pad as its right stick, and using it as a control stick is really, like, uncomfortable and weird, and the mouse was too sensitive to accurately, like, draw things, and so I just had to give it to him who was playing with a regular dual stick controller, and played as the knight who I could not ever fully control where my shield was. Here, here, maybe I can can extend an olive branch here by saying that probably be one of the best things I can say about the game uh, is that it's a really good testament to their level design that they were able to create an entire class based around just constructing objects from nothing and moving them wherever you wanted to in different varieties, including objects that just float in space and that the puzzles were like still difficult and the difficulty still ramped. Yeah. I, yeah, I have to agree. And that was... The, the wizard class is like... I think the actual defining feature yes, of this game yep. as a whole, and uh, even when you're not playing as the wizard, just having that like ability there changes the way that you have to look at the game. It's like the primary puzzle solving. Playing as the knight doesn't really require you to He's the do anything guy. hard. Yeah, yeah. You when just trolls hit things. show up, yeah, he hits them in the face. I was right. actually going to ask you about that. How much did you enjoy playing the knight? I'm okay. wondering that as well. Yeah. I actually I ended up enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would. You do love bashing that. I do love yeah. as I was actually just mentioning the other day, while some like everyone has like a preferred like class in a game, and like the preferred class that I always go for is what what whoever can be best described as a fatty punchums. <laughs> And, like, the knight is the absolute fatty punchums of this game. And, like, especially once you unlock the charge ability, like, the knight is actually just a blast to play. My only complaint is that there wasn't enough for him to do. So, like, I ended up abusing the magnetic shield a lot, because you can, like, interact with objects, which is fun to do. Yeah. <laughs> so you get a little bit of uh, that. The only thing is, like, I, I miss the mobility of the rogue, because... The thief is just like yeah, fun the, to play. I think the thief is like the best character. Mm. If the thief had her own game, she she's the only one of the three I think could, that could exist in her own game. Right. 
Well, the night could, the, but it would just be a different right. game. She has the God best platforming ability, and she has the bow and arrow as well. Yeah. A full wizard game would like be barely describable as a platformer, as much as it would be descriptive as just like, Make a puzzle stairs game. And yeah. Yeah. And jump up. <laughs> you spend so much time like completely stationary, like, looking at the environment. Kind of, right? yeah. 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 It would be really difficult. Uh, like you wouldn't if you had it. Like if the wizard by himself, and this is what makes the wizard work in the game and the reason why the other classes exist is because the wizard is like hilariously inept at dealing with enemies yes. <laughs> so like if any enemy shows up and you're a wizard you just have to throw that away you, you're just like fecklessly trying to like sh- sweep it away <laughs> in a box or something yeah. <laughs> it just does never well, there, you out. can't eventually get an ability where you can just like grab enemies or oh yeah and move them around but I don't until think you we get ever that, got to that until point, you get that uh, the wizard is that might be really just useless too. Yeah. You also get an ability called Monster Prison, which puts them in a cage. <laughs> it's surprisingly hard to use, though. Yeah. yeah. The, the reason that I asked about the night specifically was, and I'm glad you enjoyed it, I was just worried that in a game where, like, most of the reward comes from, like, puzzle solving and as you get harder in the game, like, precise jumping and things like that, that having the guy that only gets to do its thing about one third of the time and that thing is just pressing X most of the time which right. is a bit monotonous. Well, I don't know if the like additions of like the magnetic shield and I don't even actually know the mechanics of the charge would make up for that. Yeah. Well, the charge is cool in a lot of ways but um, the magnetic shield is really where like being able to do other things but this is kind of where the beauty of the, of the multiplayer experience kind of sits in that when you're playing as as I mentioned before me and Andy yelled at JJ a lot about, like, putting boxes, places, and moving things. And that's because this game is very much, like, a group activity. Yeah. And so it's not like the wizard is just off doing his own thing, and we're just sitting there with our dicks in our hands, waiting for him to solve a puzzle. Like, we're actively helping him solve the puzzle at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, like... You know, by, like, jumping around. By jumping around, and, like, I was dead, like, two-thirds of the game. There were so many times where I'd be like, JJ, like, put a plank here and then I and he would and I would go to jump and then he would move it <laughs> there are plenty of opportunities to like mess with your like conspirators which is, oh, like, oh, it wasn't it, even necessarily that hallmark of a good but you know that JJ experience. wasn't doing it on purpose <laughs> no. he was just like he was like I gotta adjust it <laughs> and I just fought him on deck oh, yeah if you, yeah, if you if, and well, not only that, but we would do the same thing to him. Yeah, right. Because if you jump on a platform while the wizard's still holding it, it, it just falls. falls. And so he'd be yeah. like carefully constructing this thing, and then I would just be like, ah, and <laughs> jump into it, and, like I knock was, the whole structure over. I was worried that you guys were going to sweep this under the bus, you assholes, constantly competing to get oh, to the little oh, experience yeah. orbs. And I would be like, okay, I'm going to build this thing, and I'd be sitting around carefully constructing <laughs> my nice little bridge. <laughs> And you would try and beat each other at such a speed that you would inevitably just destroy everything I could create. No one would get us. <laughs> I mean, okay, I've never played Trimes 2 or 3, but you two have played 2, right? Yes. In 2, did they add, a, like, a, a score counter? Because I in two feel that you share experience. I don't remember ever. Well, you like, share experience you in shared, one. Okay. Yeah. Yes, we wanted to see who could get to it. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, like a totally pointless. Yeah, yeah like yeah, the person who collect that would be because it is pointless. It doesn't mean anything. No, there's no there's score. No score counting. Counting. There totally should be because like 
That made everything so much more like just joyous. So it was more like Gauntlet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be exactly like Gauntlet. Something that's ostensibly a cooperative game, yeah. but then like with incentive to go against each other. Are you being, it's still dicks are over you the being wizard, uh, but... like, genuine about saying you think a score counter would be a good thing? I would. That's actually one of my least favorite things about Gauntlet is that it just turns into like. Well, that's weird. It's like chip ruining. Intermural yeah. competition to like kill the most skeletons. Well, okay. Well, that's to be fair. Gauntlet is a midway game, and their like, their intention is like, it, with like developing that game is to cause like inter-party strife. Like they want people to like fight each other and like let people be dead as long as they can without, like, hurting them so that they can get yeah. more points and just our, bragging rights. Our experience, our most recent experience with playing Gauntlet, although this is a game I played extensively in, like, arcades as a kid. Right. Uh, Andy and Joey and I play it. And we played once and had, like, a pretty good time and then never played again because Joey pouted that I, like, got more points. <laughs> so, okay. We had you playing with good sports. The goal is clearly to incentivize sort of, like, joyous, fun, like, 14-year-old nudge-nudge competition. Not, like, actual competitive anything. Like, an optimized gauntlet where two people yeah. were, you know, top of the world. If you like, speedrunning gauntlet would be awful. This is certainly <laughs> idiosyncratic, but, like, what the first thing you described is, like, impossible for me to achieve. Because <laughs> I'm just, like, I'm so competitive that, like, if I don't get the most points, it's like... I'm not playing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm completely unreasonable and stupid yeah. about it. So. Yeah, I think it was definitely like a. I think it's probably a wise decision not to have that implemented, just because the game is so focused on like the idea of yeah. solving puzzles, and also you can play it by yourself. <laughs> so it kind of defeat the purpose yeah. to have a score that means nothing. <laughs> to go back to like the difference between playing like with the different amounts, different amounts of people, or just give like a. An example. Exa yes. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. <laughs> Give an example. Um, I, I got trying to, and I played it probably like three different times, like sat down for, I don't know, like at least two hours each, and mm -hmm. got like oh so far, and then like thought to ask Dan to play, and we got that far in like one hour together. <laughs> so what there's a big or challenge difference in playing by yourself. I don't know if this is the appropriate time to like start talking about the puzzle solving, mm -hmm. but uh, and one thing that happened in trying two uh, was, and this sort of goes to a question about like what are the different ways that you can solve puzzles and how does the game encourage you to solve puzzles? But I thought, I guess, a criticism of the puzzle solving was that in trying two, we too frequently um, ended up building just the world's biggest high dive. <laughs> like I would just I found a way to just stack the horizontal platforms and then just like weight them with boxes right. so that the thief could like run out to the end and, and then jump really far <laughs> and like that one contraption solved too many puzzles oh yeah the not so much in terms of like actual progression through the game but one of our like absolutely most frequently used tricks was when you're trying to get up to one of the like hidden experience vials if you just like Hold if the wizard just holds a horizontal platform, then the, the thief can just jump and then jump to the next one. Unless uh, I am playing, in which <laughs> case I will walk one step it. onto it and drop immediately <laughs> into the abyss and ruin it for everyone. But <laughs> I think that that like using that little trick to get like you know the big experience balls like that's right. 
that's not a big, as big a problem as like being able to solve puzzles that are supposed to be more challenging than they actually are because you can build a high dive. Right. I like. I kind of like the idea that there isn't like a specific way that you're supposed to solve the puzzle. Like it's like you have all these tools to figure it out. Right. But like it, it kind of goes a little too far over the line where you can just use the same. Thing to solve most puzzles. How many times did I default to the water pile anytime like a water puzzle? Oh yeah, just, be, just, be, just to fill the water with enough stuff that you can basically just walk along the surface. Yes, <laughs> you get so many like just just you can make so many distinct objects as the late game wizard. You know, four of those little planks, yep. four of the boxes, one of the ones you can place wherever. You, you can, can like completely do your puzzles. Yeah, yeah, you just create them. You just in dump them. In trying to like we can pretty much completely broke it once we got the low gravity arrows which oh, don't yeah. exist in the first game yeah. so like you can we make some kind of ridiculous contraption to get me really high or really far with the wizard then i shoot a low gravity arrow and then i can just like jump to the moon <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and not only that like that the water pile technique or yeah. like it ostensibly just the wizard pile <laughs> Like, the idea of just, like, stacking physics objects up indefinitely until somebody can reach the next platform is not only, like, reinforced in the fact that it actively helps you solve puzzles, but it, like, you would try and throw stuff in the water, and then when you realize that, like, it's not building up, we then jump in and then, like, realize that there's an experience biome because the water's deeper than it normally is. <laughs> so, like, you basically just get rewarded for cluttering the map yeah. with physics objects. Yeah. Throwing random boxes in the water actually provides you information. I never thought of that. Yeah. It's weird and true. Mm. It's an unusual... Like, I think that, like, overall, this game is something that is definitely... Like, it's definitely a game that had good, like, game design principles... But, like, the sandbox element of it makes it, like, impossible for me to imagine playing this by itself. What do you mean by, the, by myself? Right by there. sandbox, you mean, like, the amount of different ways you could potentially solve the puzzles? Yeah, like, the fact that there are so many... Like, the fact that if you have all three players, the, like, different abilities combining with them in the world together makes it so it's, like... Playing this by myself just seems like it would be so slow going. And like it is very yeah, I don't know. Which is weird that I think the majority more. opinion on this is that the single player experience is actually somewhat better. Yeah, that's very unusual to me. Like as yeah, an idea. I completely disagree. So, yeah. if you if you're looking for more of a challenge, then it makes sense. But like, it's definitely a lot more fun to play with, with other people. Well, that's in my opinion. Yeah, coming from at the very least three of us, so not Andy, basically, mm -hmm. have really only ever really played this game multiplayer. Uh, it's just like, I don't know, it seems like the multiplayer aspect of this game is so much what makes it well. Like, I don't know how well, or how this game was marketed, but I feel like it had to have really stressed that co-op. Apparently not. <laughs> really? Uh, I've seen, at least some people said that, complained that the co-op experience uh, and this, it was problematic because the co-op experience is really good, is that it's, like, buried in the options menu, and you actually might not even know about it unless you knew yeah, I think I watched, We started the I, game four times I, before we successfully had all three yeah, players. Yeah. I don't think that this was built as a co-op experience. That's uh, that's a huge yeah, oversight that on weird. their part. Because 
I I watched a couple of videos like on people talking about the game and like preparation for this. Right. And a lot of people were like, some people were like, oh man, can we play this multiplayer? <laughs> like they had to like check and make sure it was multiplayer. You flew to the back. And of the then box. once they How realized it, though, figures, yeah. Once they realized it, though, they were really excited about it. So. Yeah. But if you don't play this game as a co-op game and you have the switching mechanism, okay. Just so I can make sure to clarify, if you're the wizard in this game and you switch out of the wizard and single player, do your boxes stay? Yeah. Okay. Then, for the majority of the time, all that means is that this is a very pretty platformer that gives you just a ton of different interaction mechanics. That some of which can or cannot be used consecutively with each other. Yeah, right? basically. Sure. It's but like, you can't, like, game the game at all in single player like what you do in multiplayer. All like, the you, time. You can't, like, make the planks and, yeah, high dive in single player, which makes it a lot more challenging. I think you coined that term. It's the wizard high dive. The wizard high dive. The wizard high dive and the wizard pile. <laughs> um, I, I just assumed that it was sort of, like, I also originally thought this was like going to be billed as a primarily cooperative game, but I think yeah. it, at least for some of us, it might just be like our biases showing through. Because part of I think I might even sort of overrate this game somewhat because there's such a scarcity of like couch co-op options out there. Well, that, like I just love this game because it gives you that experience. Yeah, I feel like uh, especially now with like the prevalence of of indie games, particularly in the PC market, like the game the games industry. The independent games industry is, like, an extremely reactive economy. And, like, I remember a few years ago hearing a lot of complaints about, like, especially in console games, like, the overabundance of multiplayer-only games. And it'll be like, this game only has multiplayer, or this game's focused on multiplayer. And it's all online, and it's all single screen. And, like, the reaction I've seen to that is that, that there are a lot of independent games coming out now that are extremely couch co-op focused and it's like that's why I was surprised to find out this game came out in 2009 because mm -hmm. that seems like way before it's ahead of the curve yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean but that's I guess explains why I didn't bill it because I don't think people were as outraged about yeah, the fact that you couldn't just sit down with your friends and play a game and we've seen that the way they wrote the story Makes no sense in co-op. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. They weren't thinking co-op when they made the game. But at the same time, like, there's no way that like the people of Frozen Byte think that like people are coming to this game for the story. It's not like they no, put the so game out. They're like, we really like this co-op mode, but we can't advertise this co-op because it completely invalidates <laughs> our masterwork. Yeah. <laughs> if you think the story in Trine One is like irrelevant. In trying to, it's like actively incoherent. Uh, <laughs> Andrew and I, we may have like somehow missed a key part of the story early on. Either that, or there's some kind of like weird recurring joke that doesn't quite land, where the narrator who uh, keeps talking about pumpkins and like saving pumpkins, and at no point in our playthrough did we do Jack with pumpkins. There's like a pumpkin themed boss, isn't there? Yeah, but there's no like. Explanation about oh, like, yeah. why pumpkins are relevant. Pumpkins being important, or whatever. Well, our experience with it uh, was, I feel like, it was colored by the fact that we knew we were playing it for this podcast, but then very quickly overcome by our own instincts, which was like we started the game 
And we were like, all right, shh, shh, we're going to listen to, like, the dialogue. And it, like, plays the cutscene. And we do that for, like, the first two levels. And then immediately just switch to, like, as soon as the, like, load screen comes up, like, just talking over it and, like, not caring. Well, you did the same. Yeah. Yeah, we did not, I don't think any, Andy, potentially, and you, if you looked it up, uh, just could not like we could not yeah. sit here and tell you. What this the is not story an episode was. where you're going to be worried about spoilers, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, There's people a, could actually just we, listen to this and be like, "Yeah, like, do you want to play this game? Like, here's what's good." I mean, it's basically you fall into that whole world where you can only exist through the trine, and then you try to escape it. Oh, is that not the real world? I don't think no, so. Well, it is the real world? Is it? Yeah. Then how come they all can't exist at the same time? Well, because the trine is like, their bodies are trapped in the trine. That doesn't make it not the real Right, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> Depending on which one of us is right. Yeah, I'm not yeah, super yeah, confident about In the, in the first game, they all just happen upon the trine, and they get, like, well, they stuck touch it. in it. I thought they got sucked into it. Which I thought took them to another, like, place. In the second game, or the trine is, like, as land or something. Yeah, the trine just comes to They're, like, super like, happy to see it, and it is, like, a benevolent force in the second one. <laughs> they are, right? Yeah, I and mean, it shows up at, like, uh, the wizard's house. Like, they're, like, like they the greet trine. it like an old friend, and they're, like, oh, it's the trine. Like, and so it's also, like, personified? I mean, it moves all of its own power. Right. It doesn't but talk or anything. They don't actually say, hey, what's up, when the no. trine rolls in. And the trine is not like, actually like, greetings, how go no, it? No, 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 The trine. The trine is not speaking. But they're not like, they don't dread seeing the thing that bound their souls together. Which you think that they might. Well, the game is like, inherently lighthearted. Yes. Like, that's like the... And I was going to mention, like, it's not a great criticism to say that the story is not particularly interesting in this game. Because mm-hmm. they're going for, like, a storybook come to life, sort of. There's, like, a childlike feel to the story, and that's right. Well, yeah, I think that's... I mean, that definitely informs the aesthetic, but, like... And I don't even think that, like... I would never levy the story as a criticism against this game. Because it's just not what you go to this game for. Right. Maybe you're playing it single-player. If, if you're playing single-player and the story mm. was as but irrelevant as it is... Most platformers don't have much of a story at all, true. so... Yeah, so it's, it's possible that you could argue that it doesn't matter either way, but... it's It gives you more than save the princess. Yeah. Slightly. Uh, <laughs> slightly, slightly. At least at the end of Mario, I knew what had happened. <laughs> yeah. I don't really know where the evil ghost guy came in. Evil... Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. The last boss, the evil ghost king person that you run away from. I'm putting boss in huge air quotes. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's why... The trine wanted us and drew it too. Like, just to kill that evil, evil ghost king. Oh, maybe that's why it's such a pal in the second yeah. game. So, the final boss is actually a good point uh, to bring this up is that one of the things that you mentioned is that, like, the game sort of has two elements and that there's sort of like a puzzle solving element and like a precision platforming element. But there's like zero precision required in this game at all. Like, this game is far more focused on the, like, the puzzle element and actually creating your Solution. path yeah. to, to uh, like, the next area than it is the act of platforming. Like, the, the thief has an element of that to, like, get to certain areas, but largely this game, like, you can get up a lot of edges just by, like, mashing the jump button yeah. to, like, kind of, like, get to the edge and it's then like jump the off the corner. like Skyrim climbing the mountain. 
yeah. strategy. If you're just, like, jump enough, you'll kind of <laughs> find an imaginary foothold. Yeah, you're yep. just, like, kind of riding the exposed polygons. So, like, in that, like, in that regard, I had something there. Talking about how totally the gun. I'm assuming the what you were going to say was that at the end, it suddenly became much more precision-based. That's exactly what I was going to say. Thank you. Leaving all that in. Uh, <laughs> that one up for him. It is. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Uh, it. yeah, the final boss is like a horrific departure from like the rest of the game. And while I've heard like, like wildly negative things about that, I actually was totally fine with how that last level played out. Me too. But it... It I, is, like, a very different I feel experience. like it wouldn't have been so different if you played it single player, because you would have had to do more precision platforming. I suppose. But yeah, it turned, it went, when we got there, like, in the first game, the final boss is platforming-based, whereas in 2, it's, like, a combat thing. Right. Um, so, yeah, we got there, and we struggled pretty uh, hard with it for... <laughs> It took us several tries um, to get through it. When we played through trying two, and I'm struggling to think of like a justification for my behavior, but I actually <laughs> think I'm just a selfish idiot. Um, I like refuse to play as anything other than the wizard. wizard. And so when we got to the yeah. boss fights, I remember the boss fights being me doing almost nothing at all, and Andrew uh, just killing the boss. <laughs> Which I was thinking, like, why didn't I play as like one of the combat characters when we fought the bosses? And I, I think I was no. just being stupid. Yeah, and I questioned you about it every single time, and you were just like, dude, playing as the wizard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He really put himself That's in the shoes right. of like, it. I switched back and forth. I really like immersed myself in the yeah. wizard and just did not want to bring it. You put like, yourself in the yeah. curly toad slippers of the wizard. God. Um, but, so yeah, the, ga- the game's harder if you do the game with two players and one of them doesn't fight the boss. <laughs> it's a, a weird idiosyncrasy of this game. Yeah, yeah. So strange. It's a very unusual. <laughs> Just in case. I I'm actually going back to the final boss in the first shrine. I am always kind of a huge fan of the, the the final difficult experiences in games being like huge huge departures from the things that came before them. Sure. So. It was yeah, so in terms of actual you don't gameplay. Like pig Ganon. Yeah, you don't no. like the, you don't like the puppet Ganon. Is, uh, no, puppet Ganon. Yeah. I said pig Ganon. Yeah, your reaction to getting hit by aluminum foil was like very dramatic. <laughs> but anyway, I will let you continue your point. Okay, I actually really enjoyed the final boss, like mechanically, in comparison to the other things that you did mechanically for the majority of the game. Uh, because since I played the wizard the whole time, it was pretty much the first and only time where there was, like, a lot of consistent tension through an entire level. I mean, you had so many of those checkpoint spots so often that even though there were, you know, two or three times when I'd be, like, left alone and up there uh, and had to make the level myself, I... There wasn't a whole lot of cost for failure, and your successes kind of happened so often with such rapid success and they began, they began to sort of like lose significance to me. Yeah. Um, so once you get to the final boss and you have to go through almost the entire level uh, at one time without making any significant mistakes, um, it, it was really my, my sort of stand-up moment with the game. Even though it probably wasn't the most fun air quotes I had with the game uh, because I just like dicking around with you guys, and when we got there, we had like serious pants for a few minutes <laughs> yeah. to try and finally beat it. A lot of the conversation stopped. It like turned into like the squad radio, like, <laughs> like JJ go north, Bravo Winter. 
if you can't tell, Chad is ex-military. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but actually, it was interesting because it was like the first platforming challenge as the knight. Who actually I kind of like the platforming best when you're locked to only being the knight because there's no cheating like you just have to make every jump. But uh, in the in the final boss, like it was like it was a platforming challenge, but also I had the ability to destroy wizard platforms, and since that's what they use to block you, like oh, yeah. I became like the way to get through stuff if he was moving something else or creating a thing. Mm-hmm. So it actually really gives all three characters. Like a unique thing to do. Yep. So I didn't really like the final boss, though it is just really unusual that it took such a sharp left turn. Yeah. Just for the, and it, there's no warning. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe in the story there's a warning. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like, who gives a shit? There's I mean, no warning. <laughs> I feel like it is a very fitting final boss for the game, though. Yeah. yeah. I'm just glad that I didn't. I wasn't standing still. There's so much of the game. Anytime I was doing something that actually actively involved me, I had to just stand there. Anytime I was moving, uh, I was either trying to do some like specific platforming, which meant either the two of you were dead, or it was <laughs> easy platforming uh, that didn't require any thought at all, or there were enemies on screen, which meant I was just running away from things and that didn't have any active goal. So you're saying you moved a lot because Andy and I were dead <laughs> 90% of the time. <laughs> This isn't a very salient point now, since the game came out in 2009, yeah. sure. but one of the big, one, like, serious criticism of this game is that it wasn't worth the price tag when it came out. Um, it was I, definitely worth the, like, $2.49. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what it goes for now, like, without it being on sale to sort of retail now, Right. Um, but it was a $40 game when it came out, I think. Ooh. And this is, like, I don't know how many hours is this game. Well, it's, it's not it too, if it was billed as a single-player game and the single-player is slower go- going... It, that's true. We finished it in about, like, six hours. Six hours. I was going to say this is about a six-hour game. Yeah. And so this is... <laughs> it's not like a Force lot. Unleashed 2. Yeah. Like. It's not a lot of game for, for 40 bucks, that's but you're true. not going to pay that now, so... Yeah. And it's certainly worth... Yeah. I mean, I paid $10 for it. I, I think I paid about 10 bucks for trying to... I feel like you're... It, like, in 2016, it retails for probably around 20 bucks, like, just at, like, That's not the base price. But Especially if you have yeah. people to play with. Yeah. It, trying to is twice as long, so it's more worth the price tag. Mm. It, this is tangentially related to the boss point, but it might start a whole separate discussion, so if you have a small We might be talking about the same thing. Well, I was just going to... If, uh, if it's going to start a separate discussion, we should probably talk about it after the break. Or put the after video. the break. of like the final boss actually reminded me of a feature of the game that I had completely forgotten about which is that there were other intermittent non-final boss battles like regular like meaty foes that you would have to sort of interact <laughs> with uh, did those have a, a purpose at I'm all? actually really curious as to what your opinion on those as like a mechanic in the game work. I mean, I'm the wizard, so I don't. Well, yeah, that's why I'm curious. I think they're supposed to give the knight something to do. Yeah, because I thought they were great. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I feel like they're kind of a miss for the game. Well, I mean, I think that the it, when you're playing multiplayer specifically, I think that the thief also 
has like because they they make like the recurring troll guy who has a weak point in the back of his head yeah. is like that's something that like both the knight and the thief are equally capable of dealing damage to. Right. It's just like the knight's damage output is greater. Right. So like he jumps and hits and the guy can just pump him full of arrows constantly. So yeah, the wizard just seems like they don't do jack anything in that fight. There was one instance in trying to that I thought made it somewhat interesting, whereas you get captured by a boss and you get put in a jail cell, then you have to escape and then go fight the boss. Hmm. So there's some kind of like interplay there. Yeah. Where which felt like made the whole experience better with the boss. Mm-hmm. But that's the only time they do anything like that. Like well, I kinda have to wonder if they were put in if it was like a conscious decision that like they thought that the like the platforming gameplay will have like gotten stale if you play it too much in a row and so that you have like a one screen arena boss fight or if it's something where they were putting the game together and were like games have bosses let's put (laughs) but it's kind of, I don't know. I doubt that that was I, the reason. It's, it, it, it's, it, you want to give them more credit than that, but at the same time, you look at a game like uh, Deus Ex 3, Human Revolution, yeah. where it's like, that game is like a wonderful game. Like a really well-made game. And then the boss fights were like, seemed like they just wanted something there. Uh. And then they even outsourced the development of them. Yep. Which is weird, but like it just seemed like they, I guess they felt like they needed them. Yeah, we're talking at like AAA here, so... It's it's kind of hard to see how much of this really carries over in, like, trying, as we're talking about now. But you'd really be surprised the amount of things that are put into, like, modern big-budget games solely because of what they presume consumer expectation to be, even if it's no relation to, like, the game that the developers are actually trying and want to make. Mm -hmm. That's the reason you get multiplayer in, like, the Tomb Raider reboot. Multiplayer in... uh, my Mass Effect. The Last of Us. Uh, that was exactly what I was trying to yeah. think of. The Last of Us. I think they heard really good things about that while they play, but I don't want to get into that. Sure. But the point is is that it wouldn't exist if they just had the ability to do it. Yeah. They made the best of a situation that clearly they never intended. Right. Yeah, I think it's just to give the knight more to do on a single player playthrough. Yeah. If that's the case, then I think... That, in combination with a lot of the experiences that I had trying to work through it as the wizard anytime you had any sort of combat scenario, if they needed those circumstances, I would have just rather wished that they would have chosen a different third character with a different, better balance of like combat abilities and mechanical platforming, and also given the wizard like a really shitty attack move. <laughs> the, yeah, the wizard really could have used like anything... Because, like, yeah, I was just going to say, like, the whole, like, division of labor between the characters in this game suggests that giving the wizard, like, an attack move is just totally pointless. Like, in a single-player mode, which is, like, we all agreed sort of the way that they constructed the gameplay, you can immediately switch to a character that specializes in combat. It, It just makes no sense to give the wizard an attack move. Because of, like, the importance of the wizard throughout the puzzle playing... In a way, that would be sort of, like, suggesting, like, here, just play through as the wizard. <laughs> yeah, the wizard is already such, like, an omnipresent, like, factor in the mm-hmm. gameplay that, like, having, a, like, a situation where the wizard can also defend himself makes it 
you could play as just the wizard yeah. right if you wanted to yeah like in a single player playthrough it doesn't matter because you're literally a button press away from just being the knight and killing the enemy but in a multiplayer playthrough it makes the other players actually have to care about where the wizard is and the positioning of him yeah so fine yeah, if, if it were case. designed as a multiplayer game which we decided it is not um <laughs> then it, that would make some kind of sense. Right. Even if it's not, like, offensive, I just... If... Like, okay, because if, if you think that it makes some sense in a multiplayer environment where we're, all, we're playing as distinct characters, in a, a single-player environment, you do you still believe that it was put there for the knight to have something to do? Because in that case, it's not like that that's really... Yeah, like, because when I was playing it by myself... I would only ever switch to the knight when enemies showed up or in the boss battles. Right. So are we talking about combat in general here or the boss battles? I've, I've kind of lost the thread of this. Uh, I think the point applies to both, I, but it's just like stronger in the boss battles because okay, there's no platform. Because involved. our, our like, boss battle discussion connected to like a larger point that I wanted to ask about, like the combat in general. Then go ahead. But just to say, like, and I think you're getting at this, so we're sort of already here. Mm-hmm. Um like, do you think there's a combat in this game, especially since you played as the knight? I played as the wizard, so I have almost right, zero the opposite experience. experience yeah. um, do you think the combat in this game was like enjoyable, or was it sort of half baked? I don't want to say it was half baked. Um, it's kind of like the game plays like as a knight only playthrough. Uh, the game plays a lot like a really easy hack and slash game. Mm-hmm. Like. I think everyone can agree that like the my primary cause of death was jumping into a pit like an idiot. Yeah. Like very rarely did an enemy actually kill anybody. Yeah. So I have to say I think that once again, um, the combat is better in the single player. Right. Because like you'll be running along as the wizard, skeletons or goblins will show up, and you're like, oh shit, I gotta switch. So there's like a little moment of panic, and then you gotta like deal with the enemies, and then there's ones up on platforms, you gotta switch to the thief to shoot them with a bow and arrow. So it's definitely more geared toward the single-player playthrough. Yeah, I think that uh, the, the combat in the game feels like it's something that's there to add an element of... Like, like a, a difference in kind, like something to do other than jumping or building platforms. Um, but it doesn't feel like it's all that... Like it's not. It's like the least important element yeah. of the game. Right. We all agree that the puzzles are sort of the yeah, part of the game. Yeah. It's like the archer enemies, I think, are really well designed because they can sit in a place where you actually, you actually have to platform and puzzle solve to approach them and then dispatch them. Mm-hmm. The little, like, the mobs, like, the guys who just run at you with a shield are, like, that's not, they're not really a challenge. Like, even the shielded enemies, even before you have the charge attack, which just knocks the shield away, you just hit them another time, and they go, like, whoa, and then you just yeah. whack them again. They only really affected gameplay in the co-op mode because I, as the wizard, had to permanently exist and be a thing you had to, you had to defend. Right. Because I, I was legitimately threatened by random all yeah. the time. Yeah. And in, the wizard is legitimately threatened by like anything that can swing anything. Yeah. <laughs> and the combat is harder in single player as well. Right. You find yourself like cause you can't just 
have two players die and then one person like run the rest of the way to the little orb yeah right. that was a criticism i forgot to make yeah that that too frequently it so was yeah. like a legitimate way of getting past them. so yeah like combat is a lot more threatening when you're only one person and you're trying to deal with the enemies on the ground and you're getting shot with arrows right. from above because then because the mobs come at you from both sides so yep. it's it is definitely 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 geared for the single player right as anyone who's ever played like uh, any sort of like fantasy styled combat game would know is just like having both like somebody who's good in close range and somebody who has range yeah together is infinitely better than just having one of the yeah because like as the thief you can just like grapple up to the skeletons take care of them immediately so the archers aren't like a problem right well, even two of one type. Having the, the archer knight combination is way better than knight knight or knight. Now, when Andrew and I played, because I insisted on playing wizard <laughs> at all times, <laughs> the, the combat was harder than different playing. Yeah. yeah. I guess that makes sense. So, that's really something to be said for my totally unreasonable decision. <laughs> <laughs> so, then, okay. You do a challenge mode, have yeah. one guy just sit in a corner while <laughs> enemies are on screen. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more ridiculous of a choice that was. <laughs> <laughs> You would you would hear none of it at the time though. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not saying that I regret my decision. I just think it was kind of absurd. You're like Dan, like just play as anything else for like a like, second. He's like, no, really, like, like, come like, on. In situations where now. like I was able to get across an obstacle and like he was trying to and he couldn't, I was like Dan would just just switch. Oh yeah, you'd be the thief. I would have to like talk him into it. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> God, so I just. Then, uh, and you're like holding the the controller between your thumb and forefinger. It's like you do it. <laughs> I was just really deep in role playing the wizard. He made he made the staircase all the time. Yep, that was his go. That's such I, an amateur move. I love the staircase. That's I love like first year on Hogwarts things. level. <laughs> Where were we? Oh, well, we were talking about the way. I, I think we were going to change subjects because we just kept making wizard jokes. Well, I had one thing. Which was, based on the results of our combination uh, of the discussions about the bosses and the mooks, am I correct in stating that we actually liked the random fights with diverse enemies more than the boss battles? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, not even a question. That's so weird. That's not that weird. I mean, isn't the purpose of like a boss fight in the vast majority of the games to be either some sort of like skill-based capstone of your experience, or to have something very, very like different and interesting happen that you have to respond to? Well, definitely the latter most of the time, I would say. Um, but I feel like in most combat-centric game, in most good combat-centric games, the, like, moment-to-moment -moment combat should, like, as a rule, be more fun than boss fights. Because, like, a boss fight is supposed to be, like, a moment of tension and a difference in the gameplay. But if that's more fun than what you're doing most of the time, it seems like there's almost not even a point to fucking play. Well, okay. But there's differences in how how the interest curve develops and is shaped. Dan like, is you just have... really appreciating how no, high point I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're just, just striking a bold position. <laughs> because you can have something that's very, very interesting like for a short period of time that you could not base like an extremely long amount of gameplay around and you could have something that is kind of interesting 
for an extremely long period of time that you can extend forever. So uh, if you accept that, then you can have boss battles that are more fun than the moment the moment of gameplay that cannot and should not be the majority of the gameplay. Well, I hate to be the boy who cried single player. <laughs> but you really have once again the bosses are way harder in single player because they wreck your shit yeah I mean, it's probably okay kind of subtly making the case for single player no I'm just saying that the combat specifically is designed for the single player right it yeah. stands out the most I, well not only that but like <laughs> there was a boss that we fought I don't know if you remember in like Near close to the end of the game, at least like three fourths of the way, if not like 80 90% of the way through the game, where the two of us were in the boss arena, but JJ wasn't. He was, he was standing outside at a respawn point, constantly refilling our health. <laughs> I found a thing to do once. <laughs> so, like, that's a clear argument <laughs> that playing single player would make that a lot harder. Yeah, I'm not convinced. Because I remember like when playing you by my, I remember playing by myself and dying to bosses. Oh yeah, and it being tense. When you're playing single player and you die, do you get locked out of that character, or yeah. you just go to the respawn? Point? You get locked out of the character. Okay, you go all through characters. That's a lot more forgiving than I thought it was going to be, and I liked that a lot better because that sounds really hard. Yeah. If, like, just, like, one death and you're back to the respawn. But you remember we spent, like, 20 minutes trying to climb that goddamn, like, yes. wooden plank movement garbage maze tower? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do. Uh, like, if any one of us died, we had to start that whole puzzle again. Like, that just would have been a massacre. Like, we would have been there for hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is a good jumping off point, I think, for what I wanted, what we teased uh, before the break. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Um, which is, I wanted to sort of talk about the difficulty level in this game in general. Mm -hmm. And there certainly seems to be at least the thought that the difficulty is pretty distinctively different between single-player and multiplayer playthroughs. Mm -hmm. But for all of our talk of opportunities to sort of game what's going on, right. especially with the puzzles and sometimes with the bosses. I didn't think this was a game that was too easy. No, I agree. It certainly wasn't, like, it wasn't notably difficult, but it was an enjoyable challenge level. Yeah. I, I kind of want to, uh, like, test the waters on this, because I don't exactly know how everybody feels about it. But I actually think that this is, like, a really good example of how to design the difficulty in your game, because it's a game that if you're playing it solo you would rather it be more of a challenge because, like, on a social level. Because if you're playing a game by yourself, I feel like you're much more willing to sort of, like, try and retry and do the same thing again and again and try and figure out how to do it. Whereas when you're playing a game with people, uh, like, you don't want to be stuck on the same thing forever. It's like you went to a party and they just played the same song ten times in a row. If you really like that song, about the like, fourth time, you'd be like, I'd like you to stop. Like, <laughs> so I think that the idea that... that timber. Yeah. It's a great song. Uh, <laughs> uh, you heard it here first. <laughs> timber, great song. Timber is great. Best song of 2015. <laughs> I feel like the more people that you get playing a game cooperatively, the smoother you want the progression to go. 
be just because like especially like multiple people playing at different skill levels it allows for a lot of like JJ is not real good at platforming even though I'm the one who allowed us to beat the game exactly 100% (laughs) but definitely like is good at the puzzle solving which is where I am not as good because I am adult and so (laughs) like getting through the game like by myself, I would have allowed myself a lot more attempts at a single thing, but in a group, I feel like it would have gotten real stale real fast. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree with anything you just said. Completely cool. on board. Just want to make sure <laughs> that, that not, apparently not a controversial No point. interesting discussion to be had. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess the biggest point, the most important, perhaps, point to take away from any discussion of the difficulty level is that, you know, on Solo... It's a game that was made as a single-player game, so like the difficulty curve is exactly what you would sort of expect. Right. On end, multiplayer doesn't break the game. No. It's still challenging enough to be enjoyable, while you can skirt some things in single-player much harder. Absolutely. And I feel like this is a question that I've asked, I want to say on three episodes already. <laughs> this is apparently not something that I look for in games. All right. But does this game have a difficulty setting? Like, is there, like, an easy, medium, hard mode? I think there are hints you can turn on, um, which would make the game easier. I don't think it has, like, an easy, normal, hard mode. I don't know what that would mean, other than making the enemies harder. Like, stronger? Yeah. yeah. Maybe it does. I could be totally lying, but I don't think it has a difficulty set. Yeah, it, yeah and, like, that point is a fairly valid one, because this would be a difficult game to attempt to, like differentiate levels of difficulty, but, uh, yeah, like, it, it's, I don't know, it, it doesn't really lend itself to having a difficulty slider, but, yeah, I, I think the difficulty level is pretty much on point. You'd give it, like, it's a game that you can beat if you give it a shot. This is like a 6 or 7 on, out of 10, I would say. Uh, on Moe's hardness scale. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Who is Mo? What does uh, he do? Is uh, a geologist. Yeah. Do you remember Geology 101? No. <laughs> gotcha there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, well, shit. It also uh, is just like a quick point. I don't think anybody would disagree. This game doesn't have a lot of replay value. I would agree, but I also don't replay games uh, like no. very often. Just as anyway, uh, so. something someone might be interested in. As I've aged, <laughs> I've become increasingly skeptical of the concept of replay value as a thing that you should value in like all game purchases. Anyway, that's probably a too big of a discussion to have right now. Like, I feel like yeah. it's got a decent amount of replayability because, like, I can't say I remember a lot of the puzzles. So, like, if, like, in a year from now, I'd probably be able to play through trying to and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I have a bias or in this kind of a thing, because I, I just generally don't replay games very much, not anymore, uh, that, like, I have no desire to play through trying again, now, I but, can't like, say I might if I was, like, a younger kid. There might that. be only, like, two games that we've talked about that I'm itching to replay, or I will be itching to replay. Right. If you're going to lead with something like that, you have to tell us what the two games are. No, you can't um, just like, let that roll. Shadow of the Colossus <laughs> is something I can see myself replaying, and uh, Kingdom Hearts is like my favorite game, so I'm going to yeah, replay yeah, it. Surprise. Have you played? I've beaten it like at least 20 times. 
Andy good. loves Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. In case no. anyone didn't. That should be the name of this episode. <laughs> 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 no clip, episode and, nine. And, and, and he loves Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Try. <laughs> when you, uh. I'm assuming we're cutting all of this out. Probably. I hope we do. Okay. It's just in case you're wondering. My and by we, you, of course, mean me. Yes. Because I was, while we're talking about garbage that should never be uttered, um, I, when you were like, you said something about like trying and trying again, and I almost said, if first you don't succeed, try trying, trying again. <laughs> Guess what? Episode title, putting it in. <laughs> ha ha! You really underestimated how much we love garbage, so. That's true. It's true. We, we do love garbage. Garbage title for a garbage episode. Yeah. Okay, uh, so before we like close this out, yep. um, I'm just gonna, I guess, fade into that line. Uh, <laughs> before we close this out, there's one other like brief conversation that I wanted to have that this game sort of got me thinking about. Um, is that as we like discussed a lot in the first half, um, the multiplayer aspect is really what kind of drew us. To it's when we. Decide, like I had a lot of time, uh, and so we decided we wanted to play a game that we could all play together. And so we sat down and kind of talked about like cooperative games. And this game stuck out uh, because specifically because it is like a specifically three player game. <laughs> it just like is too perfect. Right. <laughs> um, but like a lot of what makes this game fun is that multiplayer. Or I'm sorry, what made this game fun during our playthrough? Is that multiplayer element, like, the, the immediate feedback and, like, that cooperative spirit and, like, getting that rolling. And I just, like, this game versus other games in terms of, like, a local cooperative experience. Because, like, I grew up with an older brother, and so, like, a lot of what got me into video games as a whole was the experience of playing games with him. And so I have, like, incredibly fond memories of going through, like, games all the way up until, like, a few years ago where we were going through games together. Like, me and him beat uh, Resident Evil 5 on War Hero, which is, like, the most trying on our relationship thing ever. <laughs> but, uh, like, that, like, I don't know, it's just, like, a, it's a big element. And, like, that's part of the thing that made this game cool. I was wondering how it stacks up with you guys. I mean, so you're asking how we believe this game fares as a cooperative game compared to other cooperative games? Uh, by itself and also compared. Like, just, like, the cooperative experience that we had and then also how other games do it better or worse. I'm not offering this as a writing prompt. Just, like... <laughs> I would say as a multiplayer experience by itself, it, like, succeeds completely because like <laughs> it's a lot of fun you laugh a lot you dick with each other you work together you get through the levels it's a ton of fun uh compared to other games i think it stacks up like pretty well as well what's great about this is that it is a group cooperative experience which is even more rare than i mean cooperative like a in general is is pretty a rare sort of breed these days right and like a group cooperative experience that is like substantively a group cooperative experience is pretty rare and that's part of what's great about this game yeah it's not like where one player like does some stupid 
unimportant garbage. Right. Well, it's like, it's like somebody with a Game Boy Advance plugged into the GameCube yeah. playing his tingle in the Wind yeah. Waker. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> Shoot some star bits. Yeah. <laughs> I think oh, specifically, yeah. the anecdote really helped articulate that point better than my like t- collection of words. <laughs> Each player has to meaningfully rely on other players at some point of time, which is really important for couch co-op and often sometimes in part even detrimental to online co-op. And also importantly, you have the opportunity to kind of fuck with each other slightly in ways that don't ruin the experience for anyone, which is definitely necessary inclusion for all couch co-op. Yeah, that touches on basically why I wanted to bring this up in the first place, which is because I think that this game, comparatively to other games that I've played cooperatively, is like outright fantastic. Like to the point where I would, I would say that this game is like of good quality. But then when you play it cooperatively, the whole experience like shoots through the roof because it's at, like it just like playing with other people actually makes the game better through the like experiential like lens. Like just because of the fact that it actually gives everyone something equally important. Yeah, to them. I can agree with that because. When I first like saw the aesthetic of the game, I was drawn to it, and I, and I put really, completely right. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I I bought it, and like was just playing it by myself. And I feel like if I would have just played it by myself, I would have been like, oh, I was kind of unremarkable. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's yeah. pretty good. But like, because pl- I played it co-op, like it's really stood out in my mind. As the wizard, I don't think I can agree with you that I think that it's amazing, and it's because I think it goes too far in the <laughs> direction in terms of reliance. Like, there were too many circumstances where one of us at some point in time literally couldn't do anything. Time is when you had to completely rely on someone else, and there was no other, like, positive thing that you could do in the interim while you're waiting for the other person to go for their goal. It was one of the reasons that I liked the last level so much, is because you're under time duress trying to, like, race against, was like, I assume lava that was chasing behind us at that point. Oh, uh, the last level? No, it was the... Well, I there was something. There was a reason we had to run fast, right? And the reason I thought that was important was was because everyone at all times not only had to work together, but also had to forward their own goals. They also had to not die individually while they were still trying to help each other out, right? And that's what I, I thought that that was a really good like star uh, of the experiences that you had. <laughs> the great pajab sticker. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You look like uh, you were going to rebut something about his wizardly points. Oh, no. No, I think that was fair. Oh, okay. You were just I reacting am, to I was just reacting to the fact that he was playing as a wizard. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that you said is that in online co-op games, uh, you feel like it's very common that the fact that you aren't literally sitting next to somebody is a huge detriment, particularly in like, the communication. Mm-hmm. Hell, the other game does that really well. Portal 2. Because they implemented this ping system that lets you, like, hit things. And what a great transition. Thank you for listening to NoClip this week. <laughs> As always, remember to be a breakfast defector. <laughs> Think outside the box. Yeah. Uh, two weeks from now, it's going to be our tenth episode. And uh, we're talking about a game that we all like quite a bit. Portal 1. Oh, That's the transition oh, I was talking okay. about. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, I want to thank Dan for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, 
will, depending on the reaction, which we won't get, so you would just be back on another episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, please please uh, leave reviews of my performance in the comment section. Yeah. This is we'll have one. a form letter that you can fill out and mail today, <laughs> and he'll read it and then burn it, probably. If you liked Dan, feel free to leave a like. If you disliked him, feel free to leave a like. And we don't just mean in the context of how we did on the cast. Just general opinions of him as a human being. Yeah. We'll post his LinkedIn page if you want to... Uh... <laughs> Probably update that. Home address. <laughs> Email me at a creased comment. It's <laughs> nice to like other people's stuff. So, yeah. uh, in reality, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, uh, we, we have our email set up at uh, noclippodcast at gmail.com. You can leave comments on our website, noclippodcast.com. On Twitter, at noclippodcast. And on our YouTube, which is just no clip, actually. Yeah. Uh, cool. Bye! I mean, that's good. We'll end it there. <laughs> <laughs>